So I'm going to do something real special for the next 20 minutes, and then I'm going to pray for you. At least the first 20 minutes. We'll just see. You know, Miss Gwen is my spiritual mama, right? And so last Sunday, we just had, like, it's always been like this crazy worship again last week. She's coming off in the spirit. I can see her praying, and I just touched her hand. Well, I did. She grabbed hold of me, and the power of God just went through both of us. I, I told her, I think I got more than she did. She's, no, I got it. It was God. And she just went out. And, there, you know, her prayer partners are there with her, and I'm getting ready to go up. I said, nobody touch her. You can touch her, but don't move her. I want her to stay there. Well, I knew. I sensed she was having a vision. You know, when you got a prophetess, you know, operating, you just let them operate because that's, you know. She never even really heard the message I preached because she was just seeing this vision. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to finish the second part of the message I shared with you two weeks ago when about 70, 75% of the altar was full. And it was about the God of the supernatural turnaround. And what I want you to realize, I want you to say this though. Say, this is my day for transformation. My day for transformation. See, a turnaround means you've turned around with different focus and you're looking at different things. You're going in another direction. It may change the purpose or whatever. Transformation means to totally metamorph into something else. And I believe you're going to have supernatural transformation today in whatever area of your life you want it in. This is your day for supernatural transformation. Let me take a few minutes, though, because I want you to, to get this word. Pastor Bill was right down in line with even what I was teaching. You know, I just asked him to, to do the offering, but, but he's like me. You know, you ask him, you know what he's going to do. One of the scriptures I shared with you last a couple weeks ago on this was Matthew 17, 20. So Jesus said to his disciples, because of your unbelief, you might want to stay kind of close, guys. You might get a seat, though. I don't want you to have to stand up, but get a seat. They're like, oh, Lord, we tried. We tried. (laughs) Are they amazing, though, dude? I I want to take them home with me. They're that good. I I don't even need, you know, Spotify or YouTube. I got these guys. I just do this. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, they said, well, how did you like make this tree that was fully alive yesterday, even though it didn't have figs, but it wasn't seasons for it, and you cursed it, we come back the next day and it's dead. How how did you do that? And so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, if you go into the Greek translation, which is brought the translation from the original Aramaic that Jesus spoke during that time, and then there's several translations that have it this way. This is New King James. It says, if you have the faith of God, everybody say God's faith. If you have the faith of God, you can do what? You will say, the word say, epo, means to declare or proclaim in the Greek, to this mountain. What is it? Whatever mountain that's blocking your view, whatever mountain that's standing in your way, move from here to there, and it will move. Not maybe, not might. 
and nothing, everybody say nothing, will be impossible for you. Say nothing will be impossible for me. Hmm. So when we look at this thought about this mountain, the cool thing is, Bill, no matter how big the mountain is, you don't have to have a mountain of faith to get it to move. See, that's what's cool about it. A mustard seed is so small when you initially get them that they will fit on the end of a sewing pin, like a pin, a needle. That's how small they start out. Then they become a large tree. And when it says, if you have the faith of God, so there's a difference between having faith in God, that's what you have when you get saved. You're saved by grace through faith. And then you, you get, you receive, now you're living faith. The way you commune and converse with God, the way you pray is through what? Faith. The, the definition God gave years ago that I learned that I love for prayer is to commune and converse, ask and receive from God. Commune means I'm in communion with him. I'm in relationship with him. Commune and converse. Have conversation. You know, you know when you talk at God, nothing's happened. That's not faith. That's just yapping. You're just gossiping on yourself. So whenever you have conversation, God has the opportunity to speak back to you. But, and, and some people get that. They'll get the, oh, I got to be in communion relationship with God. I, I need to have conversation with God. And, and I need to ask God. That's a prayer petition, right? I need to ask God. But the part they miss, Bill, is the receiving part. Then they wipe out, okay, I've, it's all on you now, God. I don't have to do a thing. I've communed with you. I've had conversation with you. I've made my petition. I've asked you. Now it's all on you. Now I'm just going to wait for you to move. But as I shared with you two weeks ago, how do I receive a word from God? How do I see, we would call it a prophetic word. Any word from God is prophetic. Any word from God is revelation. What's that mean? To be revealed, to be uncovered, a truth being revealed or uncovered from God. And the kind of faith that's used here is out of the nine gifts of the Spirit in uh, 1 Corinthians, is first or 2 Corinthians 12, where it talks about uh, the nine gifts of the Spirit, the nine grace gifts, uh, healing, uh, working of miracles, gift of faith. Uh, tongues, interpretations of tongues, prophecy. Uh, oh, shoot, what's the other three? I'll think of them in a minute. Huh? Yeah, yeah, okay. So anyway, there's not. I, I know I'm like the back of my hand for some reason. What is it? Tongues, interpretation of tongues, and discernment, right? And then, uh, uh, yeah, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, Frustrates me. Okay, it is. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discernment. That's those three. Because there's nine. And then over here is tongues, interpretation, tongues, and prophecy. Okay, anyway. And working of miracles, healing, and gift of faith. Well, what are these gifts? These nine gifts are not human. They're not yours. Those are God's gifts. So when you hear me give someone a nugget about their life, like Brandon's brother here and all of a sudden, it opened his heart up to receive healing and faith and, and, and blessing. I didn't know anything about your history, but all I need is a word or two from God's mind, and it releases faith for you within you to get what you need. A word of knowledge is talking about what's going on or what has happened. A word of wisdom is when God tells you futuristic things, and you'll see that combined. By the way, Stand up, Dr. Hager, there, you and Pam. Stand up. I command you. There you go. There you go. So I'm messing with him. I'm messing with him. 
Dr. Hager is just amazing, one of the most amazing anointing men. He and, he and Pam are just so anointed. And, and uh, he's going to minister to Dr. Dobson's staff and team on October 6th, is it, or 8th? 6th? So I want you all to be praying for Dr. Hager and Pam and Sarah ministering to one of the greatest ministries on the planet. They minister to multiple millions of people, and they've had him. He's been on their board and everything, but amen. thank you guys. Just, I just want you all to put that date down and be praying. And he leads our recovery groups here and stuff. I mean, it's just he and Pam. It's amazing what they're doing. Um, so anyway, I got on that. So what I'm talking about when it talks about the, the mustard seed faith or the God kind of faith, it's when you have God's faith. I, I could teach on that all day. I got to stop. Okay, now let me go. Let me go on. Okay, so, so whatever your mountain is, ever how huge it is, uh, ever how long it take uh, to climb, whatever it's blocking your view of, what you can't see, what you don't know, what you don't understand, what it's keeping you from, where you've got deliverance or healing or prosperity or, 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 or ministry on the other side, whatever that mountain is, you use your faith, but if you have to, you can wait and God will give you his faith and it can move any mountain. Say, it can move any mountain. Nothing will be impossible to me. Okay, get that in your spirit. Get that in your spirit. Now let's go to the scripture that I read to you last week, two weeks ago, out of 1 Kings about the widow woman, right? The word of the Lord came to who? Elijah. He just left the brook Cherith, which means cut covenant. God used ravens to feed him. He prophesied a drought. It had been going on three and a half years. People were, a lot of people were dying and not living because King Ahab and Jezebel had to come down with their devils, their false devils and all that, right? So now God says, and then the brook dried up and the ravens stopped. Now, if a raven gives you anything, that's a buzzard, basically. Buzzards don't give food, but they carried food to Elijah. <laughs> and so God, nothing's impossible for God. And then God, I think, is even testing Elijah. He said, now go to this place and a widow woman's going to feed you. I mean, he's like, what? Then the word of the Lord came to him. What, the, what is it? The what? Word. What the of who? Of God came to him. The word of God. The word that comes in your spirit. The word that can come through prophecy to you prophetically. Someone can speak a word to you. But the most common one that you're going to get is when God speaks to your spirit. And it gives you revelation of what to do or what not to do. So here he's waiting on the Lord. He, it's a drought. There's no water. There's no food. The word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. He didn't say which widow. He said a widow. But he, so he said, well, I guess I'll walk toward that city till I see a widow. And he runs into a widow at the gate of the city. <clears throat> see, God's always got a gate for you. He's, he's a God of gates. I, I don't have time to preach that Isaiah, but there's an entrance for whatever you need always with God. <clears throat> and when he came to the gate of the city, <clears throat> indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, now this take faith or craziness, right? Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, and he called her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, 
She didn't say, you crazy, stupid prophet. She discerned he is a prophet. But she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. See, that's a problem with most Christians. They don't look at what they can have. They look at what they do have. They look at, I just got a little faith. I just have a little finances. You know, I just have a little wisdom. I just have a, a little anointing. Instead of realizing it's not about you, it's about who's in you. The anointing of God is in you for your sake, but he's on you for the sake of others. <clears throat> Remember the illustration I gave you last week about the pitcher of water and I had like three cups and I said, how do you multiply? You fill the water one up and it overflows, right? So now all I could do is take the full one, pour it in the second one, fill the first one, fill it up, fill it in the third one. Now I got three, it multiplied over and over. God wants to multiply every level of your life. He wants to transform your life mentally, physically, and spiritually. I'm telling you, that's what he wants to do. Boy, if that was me getting that right now, I'd receive that word, shout, and run around the building. But, you, you know, you, whatever. <clears throat> so that's the problem much of the body of Christ has. She said, I have but just a little, a little handful. <clears throat> now, as so we think about that and look, verse 12, it says, so she had, so, so she said that as the Lord lives, look here now. I'm going to read that to you again. I do not have bread, only a handful of flour, of flour and a little in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Now, here she is with Elijah, and she knows he's the man of God. She said, you're, the, you're God. And she's making her last little meal, except for what Bill said, but God. It was over for her and her son. They'd been like thousands, of hundreds, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands that died in a drought. It was over for her. She knew it. And she could have cursed that guy out and said, you're crazy. But she didn't. And, and what did she do? So when she said that to him, what am I going to do? He said, right there, that we may eat it and die. So then look at the next verse, 13. Then Elijah said to her, as soon as she said that, Man, I'd be like going over, I'm sorry, ma'am, I, I don't know. Let's pray together and see if God's for sure about this. I don't want you to die. I want to eat your last morsel of bread. I mean, you know, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Somebody said, well, thank goodness you would, Pastor. Yeah. So, and Elijah said to her, look now, do not fear. What is fear? The opposite of faith. What is fear? Unbelief. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said. Hmm. Go and do. Like Bill was saying, he's, and, and Bishop Oyedipo and them, like he said, they'll preach pro, you know, how to live prosperously and sowing seed. But what they do, they say, you've got to live it. You've got to go in. It's not just to get something from God. It's to invest. And if God can get it through you, he's going to get it back to you. And, and then he gives you the ideas and the ways to receive whatever it is that you've been believing. It's not just sowing money. It's sowing love. It's sowing grace. It's sowing hope. It's sowing wisdom and knowledge. It's all those things. Sowing love and peace. Money is one of them. So if I want orange seed, orange tree, I plant an orange seed. If I want an apple seed, I plant an apple seed. You know, if I want a banana tree, I plant a banana tree. So if I'm wanting to like sow 
uh, deliverance into someone. That's not necessarily so in a, I say an apple tree is money. I'm not getting an apple tree if I want a banana tree and deliverance is a banana tree. I'm going to invest my life in so I can get the anointing to serve someone that needs deliverance. And, and the same way with other trees. But if I want, because life is in the seed, right? It has, every seed has an assignment and it really doesn't produce until it dies in the ground and opens up and the life that's in it that's designed by God comes forth. I know, I'm just skimming real quick. I'm sorry. It's hard for me to skim. I just want to dive in everywhere. So look what he said now. Everybody say, the word from the Lord. Say, the word from the Lord. So what is it? That's a prophetic word. That's re- it can be a prophetic word that's spoken to you or about you from someone or something. But also, it can be a revelation word, which is when God reveals it in your spirit because you are a spirit, you have a soul and live in a body. And then he says this to her. He said, afterward, he said, go and do as you said, but make me a small cake first. Wait, make him a small cake? She just said she has a little bit. If she gives you anything, they may not even have enough for a cake anyway. See, God always wants our first. That's why the tithe is so critical, right? It's returning that 10% to God, right? God always wants your first. He wants your first love. He wants your first money. He wants your, he wants your children. He wants because he can do a lot more with it than you can. Amen. And he said, then he said, make the first cur- the cake first. He didn't even say, then make yours. He said, make the cake first and what? Bring it to me. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's crazy. I mean, at least she may not have enough strength to go back and fix that last little bit. But Elijah wasn't telling her his word. Elijah was just obeying what he was hearing God say. <laughs> Bring it to me and afterward. Make it. Da, 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 where am I? Okay, so he says this, verse 14. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain on the earth. Now, he said that after he commissioned her to give him his first. Now she has a choice. She can live on what she knows or hopefully this guy heard from God knows more than her. So she went away and did what? According to what? The word of Elijah. And she and and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry. According what now? To the word of the Lord, which was spoke by Elijah. Now, I don't have time to hit this, but I'm going to give you the topics. Three keys to turn around. If you, if three keys for you to have supernatural transformation. Three keys for you to receive a prophetic word and put it to work. And I'm just going to give you the highlight, and then I got to read this. I'm going to read this. Key number one, your transformation or your turnaround requires a prophetic word from God. Any major thing that needs to be done in your life that you don't have the power, the strength, the energy, the wisdom to do, then it's God's territory, right? So God says, well, if you don't want to be a tither, then you know what I'll do? You bought that house, you pay for it. You bought that car, you pay for it. But if you're a tither and then you sow seed and and all that, then he gives you wisdom and opportunities and ways to, ideas to serve back. If you want your children saved, and you've been working all these years to get them saved, 
You need a prophetic word from God. Now, when you get the prophetic word of God, do what the word said to do. When you need healing in your body, you can believe by his stripes you were healed, 1 Peter 2, 24. And that's great. And you can speak it. But sometimes you need a word from God to initiate God's faith, not yours, to get your healing. Oh, that was good, Dalton. Yeah, thank you. That's good. So the prophet shows up, discovers that her lack is killing her. Her poverty bill is killing her. Where do people die? Uh, Where is the death rate the highest? In the poorest areas. Because when you're poor, man, I grew up poor. You, you, you just can't go, oh, I think I'll just go get an exam. Yeah, what are you going to do on your looks? No. You, you, you can't even be medically taken care of the way you need to be taken care of. You, you, can't, you can't eat nutritionally. You're eating other stuff just because you got to eat something that you can afford. So, so poverty will kill you. It'll keep you from having opportunities for education and knowledge and learning. It'll keep you from having social activities that, that you can work on your body and be healthy. The, the, it'll kill you. Poverty will kill you. It's a, that's why it's a curse, right? So you take that, whether it's finances, whatever you're believing for, healing, salvation for children. So he brings the word to her for her turnaround. So consider how important the prophetic word was. If you took the prophetic word off what he gave her, if you just said the first half of the sentence, she and her son ate a little cake and died without a word. Let that sink in. She and her son ate that little cake and died. But she got a word, and it took some courage to act on that word, number one, to share what they had. And it definitely took some humility to bring it to that prophet first. But she wanted a prophet's reward. But what I want you to get out of this, it's not just getting a word from someone else. You have the Holy Spirit living in you. Speak. He wants to talk to you. He, he wants to give you truth and revelation. He wants to give you wisdom. And, 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 but you got to also get in his word. And if you don't read it, listen to it. Be around people that are hungry for his word, right? So the prophetic word had a profound impact on her outcome. I got to jump down here. The second key for your supernatural turnaround is what? Requires a willingness to receive and obey it quickly and quietly. The ability, because it takes ability, it takes anointing to even receive some word God gives you sometimes and to do what? To receive it and to do what? To receive it willingly and obey it quickly and quietly. Look again, it said what in verse 13? He said, make me that small cake first, didn't he? Man, that took something right there. Kind of sounds like Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. God said this. He said, for, your, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. If you read a few more verses over there, and he said, I will watch over my word to perform it, that it will do the thing I sent it to do. It always comes from a word. That's why God always has a man or a woman as a point person, and he gives them words. That's why he has spiritual leaders in church, like Ms. Gwen and others, that can give a word. He, he, that's what maturity is, learning. We're not anything unique. We're just people crazy enough and naive enough to be used by God. I mean, if you're looking for perfection, David would have never made it right to heaven. He ended up being a murderer, an adulterer, and everything else. But God knew that's going to happen. But what God say when Saul goofed up and got into witchcraft, 
He said, go anoint this kid, David. He's a man after my own heart. He will do everything. He said, go anoint David. In Acts, he says, go anoint David to be king. He will do everything that's in my heart. God's looking for people to do stuff in his heart. Yeah, he doesn't want you to sin. Sin's painful. It causes problems. It hurts you. It hurts others. But the big thing is, I want you to realize this, he wants you to hear what's in his heart. How did he create the worlds? With a word. But where did the word come from? From his mind and from his spirit. He is spirit. Okay. So obedience had to be first. And then finally this, your supernatural turnaround will what? Require an act of obedience to release your faith. And we talked about that already, right? <clears throat> we talked about even when David was on the run for his life in 2 Samuel 24, 24, it says, then the king said that Arona, uh, said Aruna, no, but I will surely buy it from you for a price, nor will I offer a burnt offering, uh, nor will I offer a burnt offering to the Lord my God with that which costs me nothing. He was going to let David worship while he's on the run at his church at the altar and put a burnt offering up. But David, and he said, it's going to cost you nothing. And David said, I'm not, I'm not receiving anything from the Lord without a cost. I, I, I'm going to love my God and sow back toward him. I'm, I'm going to give my life for him as a sacrifice. I'm going to give seed out of my pocket. What is, that's what that's all about. And what Bill was talking about, the seed, that, that, that's just another form to release what's in your heart. That's another way to confirm what's in your heart. Sometimes I'll use a seed, it can't make it, but it can water it, right? So that's important for you to get this revelation in your heart. Now, say, that's three ways, say it, that's three ways I can receive a word from God. Okay, now let me read the prophecy to you. Boy, if I was young, I'd get nervous right now. All oh, people won't be back Sunday. Well, maybe they shouldn't be. I don't know. I'm just saying. I mean, I don't know. I just want who God wants here anyway. I love everybody, want everybody, but I mainly want who God wants. I love everybody, but this place is not for everybody. It's for somebody's. Difference makers. So last week, like I said, Miss Gwen grabbed my hand. The anointing was already all over. She's out in the spirit over here. And I'm going to give you kind of, she was talking. I wanted to record it so I could take some notes off of it. So it would be a little of both. But it's, <clears throat> so she said, I was coming down to the altar after worship. And I, it was like something shot right up through my hands when we touched hands. Go through my arm. It was strong. With the anointing I felt, the anointing I felt was from, all from you. And I know it was an impartation. And then the Lord began to speak to me. Well, by that time, we had her sitting there where Pastor Steph is, and she's out, right? Then the Lord began to speak to me when I sat down. I think you had gone up to, to a pulpit, and I was trying to open my eyes so I could see whether or not see you or whatever you were doing. And then Pastor, she said, I could not see you. I couldn't see you. All I saw was a bright light. And I kept trying to see. At first, I thought it maybe was the lights on the pulpit. They were so bright that I was looking into and that I was looking, but no, the light was so bright, I could not see you or anything there but the light as I was trying to see. I kept trying to open my eyes, but the light was so bright that I, kept, I, I had to keep uh, closing my eyes back. It was the people, the church, they were on the edge of their seats, 
It was like everyone was on the edge of their seats, and it was like we're pulling from this light, which Jesus is what? The light of the world. So it's not something weird and goofy. Angels also have different colors, different colors. Angels represent red. red. There's all different levels of anointing, prophetic stuff. Uh, there's, I forget how many prophetic colors, red, white, green, blah, blah, blah. So when she's saying all the people are sitting on their edge or seat, she wasn't talking about last Sunday. She's talking about what's coming. Everybody say, what's coming? Say a word from the Lord, okay? She said, so I couldn't see, da, 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 da. I said, the light was so bright I couldn't see you, and I kept trying to look. I kept trying to open my eyes, but it was so bright that I couldn't keep my eyes open. It was the people talking about what's happening, getting ready to happen. The church, they were on the edge of their seats. It was like everyone was on the edge of their seats, and it was like they were pulling from this light, and they were pulling. And that's when I heard my spirit, in my spirit, that you have a group that's coming and is seeking Jesus. They are coming, and we're coming to seek Jesus and no one else. That light represents that we're seeking Jesus and no one else and nothing else in his anointing. She said, I saw this as we talked about supernatural September, but the Holy Spirit raised in me and said, now we're moving into supernatural transformation. How was Jesus transformed on the mountain of transfiguration? Remember, and he took, I think it was Peter and John up with him. And all of a sudden, it was the light that happened. And a metamorphosis, Jesus turned almost into a light, a spirit that was lit. And Elijah came. And uh, who was the other one? Uh, Elijah, huh? Moses. Yeah, Moses and Elijah came. And then it was Jesus, those three. And it was a metamorphosis. It was a transfiguration, right? That's a transfiguring, but there's difference when it's a transforming. What's a transformer do other than it's a toy or a game or a, a transformer? How does your power get here? There's capacities of transformers that hold capacity. There's capacitors on the power poles, and they're moved by the transformers that release it and shoot the electricity through the wires, right? Transformation. That's why dunamis power has two definitions. One like blowing up, exploding things away. The other one, dynamo, being a dynamic that basically transforms hot water into steam, into electricity. Coal into steam. It's transforming one entity to make it something else. What God's getting ready to do with the people that are hungry for him in this house, I'm telling you, he's getting ready to make you into someone else. Amen. And when God makes it, it's better. Yeah. I kind of like who I am. Well, you just stay right there, honey, because I'm ready to be changed. Doesn't the Bible say we're supposed to be what? Changed from what? Glory to glory? Hmm. So, I should keep my finger somewhere on this thing, right? Uh, okay. Now, this is key. This is supernatural transformation, and to have it, Everybody say to have it. To have it, there has to be a new mindset. That we had to be, a mindset that we have to be hungry and we, we have to be uh, really, really, truly hungry and thirsty for the what? The word of the Lord. Now, we get the word of the Lord by reading the word and we can get revelation. But also, God wants to give you living words. That's a living word, but he wants to build on it and give you things actually for your life that that word can transform or make happen. Now, here's what she said. 
so thirsty and hungry for the things of God that we are headed that way. What way are we headed? That we are no longer coming to a church service at Bethel. We are coming to a movement. We're coming to a movement. That it's a movement that we are coming to and everything at Bethel has growth connected to it. And that if we just fall in line with what God is doing, supernatural transformation will take place. Then she said, on Tuesday, the Lord woke me up. Tuesday morning, God woke her up in the night or whatever. He woke me up. And what I saw was a ladder in the sanctuary of Bethel and the people in the sanctuary, and, and this people in the sanctuary. So she saw a ladder and the people, these same people, part of the movement in the but there was angels that was going up and down the ladder and angels that was coming and angels that were ministering to people all over the sanctuary. Angels was, were ministering to people all over the sanctuary and people were just receiving and receiving and receiving it. See, we have people here that see angels. There's rarely, Jennifer, you guys rarely don't see an angel, I guess, right? I don't really see angels. I discern them and give them charge to tell them what to do. And I can sense them, but they're here to minister for us. If you, Bill's taught that so greatly here, right? What's it saying? Jacob's ladder. How do you think Steph and I named this church? Bethel. Bethel is the place where the ladder was. Bethel is the very first portal from heaven that God made a portal and brought angels in and out of the earth. Right there, it's called Jacob's Ladder. Read it in your Bible in Genesis, whatever, 13 or somewhere. And, and he said he marked that spot and he called it what? Bethel, God's house, God's place. What does that represent? The reason, I, the reason we named it Bethel was not only is God's house, but it's the first time that the Spirit of God came through a portal to anyone or anything other than a prophet God's prophet, God's kings, or God's priests. In the Old Testament, God only came upon his prophet, his king, his priest. They didn't have Holy Spirit living in them like we do. That's why Jesus said when John the Baptist was beheaded, he says, you'll not only do the work of him, the least of you will do greater works than he ever did. Why? Because he had to wait for Holy Spirit to come on him. You have Holy Spirit living in you. Greater is he who is in me. And he was in this earth. What's happening inside me is greater than what's happening to me or around me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Why? Because he's in me. He's on me. He's all over me. Now, let me calm down. So whatever ministry you're part of, whatever ministry you're leading, whatever ministry you start, whatever debt we want to reduce, whatever uh, things we want to do like for the city, touch the city, we got one coming up here real soon. Whatever we do internationally, whatever we do, it's going to grow. Say it's going to grow. Say it's going to grow. Say if we're connected, it's going to grow. Said if we fall in line with that supernatural, that, that supernatural will take place. Okay, okay, yeah, I'll get back where I was. I'm sorry. So it said, what happened, when you start receiving it, receiving it, receiving it, he said, then the Lord said, individuals will experience transformation. So when you, like Bill said, when you honor the house, when you honor the corporate anointing, because when you honor the house, you're honoring all of us together. 
We honor God first, and then we honor the house. The house is not a seed of building a property. The house, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? In earthen vessels, he puts his treasure, his spirit. So you're a treasure to God. And when we honor the house, we're honoring the treasure that's in the house. He said, when you honor that, what's going to happen? Then you're going to see supernatural transformation personally and everything connected to you has an opportunity to grow if you work it. If you work it in use me. What's that? The right mindset. He said individuals will experience transformation. Look at this. Families will experience transformation. Not just individuals, but individuals and families will experience transformations. Leaders of ministry will experience transformation. And then he said, the waters are being stirred. It's time to get in. If you haven't felt that over the last several months, then you, you, you might be spiritually dead. Has anybody felt the increase of the Spirit of God and the anointing on this house? Yeah. So God just gives us a word through, through Miss Gwen, a prophetess, what? To stir up in us faith, to stir up the gifts in us. Remember that message I taught you about the troubled water, the paralytic? An angel of the Lord would come down and touch it, Tarasso, the first one in the pool of Bethesda. Play, house of grace, place of outpourings, what that means, they were healed instantly. And that one day, Jesus healed the guy that was paralyzed 38 years without ever going into water. Why? Because angels serve Jesus. He don't serve angels. I love angels, but all of us have our place. Okay. About done. Well, I shouldn't be too long here in a few minutes at Cracker Barrel. Help him, Jesus. So he said this, she said this, we cannot be fearful, we cannot go back. Oh, 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 oh I gotta read this, I'm about done. I'm, an individual has experienced all that, right? There is no doubt, there is to be no doubt, no doubting, no limitations, no hesitations, no blaming, it's time to get in. I'm gonna say it again. There is to be no doubt, no doubting, no limitations, no hesitation, no blaming. It's time to get in. Say, I'm getting in. There, and then, then she will say this. God said this to her. We cannot be fearful and we cannot go back to where we came from. What's she talking about? That old mindset. Charlie Brown anointing. Why is everybody picking on me, right? All the older people laughed. There's four of us. We got that. He said, that as a, she said, God said, that as a people of God, as a people of God, as a corporate anointing of his treasures, what, as a people of God, we experience freedom and all the things that come with it, and we don't have to worry or run back to concentrate. We don't have to worry or run back uh, to, to concentrate on anything other than his word. We have to stop. Do not concentrate, do not focus on what the enemy is doing, but focus on what I am doing, what God is doing. Now, you're going to be really tempted to that with the election coming up. It's already getting crazy. And I'll tell you one thing. You post something stupid on social media, I don't care if you're on this platform, I don't care if you're, you're, I don't care if you're on this staff, you will be set down because you're dead. Christians die and are raised up in Christ. Now, you need to have an opinion and you need to vote. You know how you do it if you want to serve? You go out there and, and you serve 
that, that political person you want to serve, go knock on doors, go do whatever you want. But I don't want this debate going back and forth or, well, I didn't post nothing. I just liked someone's comment that's crazy. Well, if you liked it, they considered, you not only agreed with a third of what they said and they just say, you're just as crazy as they are. You're just like them. You liked it. You agreed. Say, we love you, pastor. See, I, I fought that devil too many times and I am not going back to that. I'm not, we've just about defeated that thing. We're not going, I love and respect you. I don't care how you vote. That's your business because God's in charge anyway. Just vote. Amen. They said, we stayed late for that. <laughs> Gertrude, what'd he say? That we, if we want to experience that freedom, what we got to focus on not what's lack, not what's broken, not what's going right. We focus on what God said. Then, then she said this, then God said this. And the fact of it is, let's see, and the fact of it is, oh, in fact, she said, and then she said this from her own heart. She said, in fact, ever since the year Pastor Bill Walton came, things have been moving in the right direction, been moving. And that's so true, right? We had a prophetic thing where we locked up for an hour and a half on that Sunday night weeping on the floor and ever since then God's and, and that relationship came through Michael and Jennifer that's how we met Bill right so God just connects all of us if it hadn't been for them they wouldn't he wouldn't be here matter of fact the church might not even be here it was that close to going down with the financial attack that was on it. anyway and God said have you ever encountered growth or move or, or sparing without the enemy jumping in some kind of way. Have you ever, ever experienced something good in your life, prosperous, whatever it is, you know, great unity in your family without the devil attacking it? No, because you live in a cursed world, and he's the God of this world, the little G God. That's why what's in you is so important because the God in you is bigger than the little G God around you. Anyway. So we don't have to be concerned. Yes, we are going to pray against it and we're going to pray and stop the hand of the enemy, but we concentrate and our focus is on Jesus, not on what the enemy is doing. The water is stirred. It's time to get in. No more limitations. No more hesitations. It's time to get in. Do you believe that this morning? I said, do you believe that this morning? You know, my mind said, why would you do that on a membership day, family visit? I guess you just, you know, my family was a big old family. There's like 10 of us or something. So you didn't know what kind of crazy is going to happen. You come over to our house, right? You know, Tarea, right? Come to, Dal come to the Dalton house when I was growing up. You didn't know what was going to happen. So it's kind of way it is at Bethel. I like surprises, especially good ones. Hallelujah. If you're ready for transformation, stand up. If you're ready to receive this word and receive the anointing that God is going to transform you into a whole new you. Now, he's not transforming your spirit. It's perfect. But he's going to begin to dial in on you, on your health, dial in on you, on your wisdom, your soul, your decision-making. Now, it's not going to just happen because we pray. But by this, you're receiving it, and now you're open to hear what God has to say. Now you're open to receive when God speaks like that little widow woman. You know, oh, I got to give you part of this and not die. Okay. Oh, and give it to you first. Yeah. 
If she didn't have a word, she'd never done that. But somewhere before that prophet, some prophet had given her a word that worked, and she's like, it worked once, I'm sure I'm, I'm going to do it again. 